It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Talk here by our podcast, Jeff Johnson, live from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico with me from the wilds of Pennsylvania, Carol Cole. How you doing, Carol? Good. Things are crazy. I'm packing, Jeff. Um, why? We are taking a long weekend by ourselves, my husband and I. This will be the first time we've ever been anywhere without the kids. Bow chicka bow wow ever <laughs> ever in your lives? Um, well, they've like slept over like grandparents' houses for a night, but we're just here basically getting food and doing laundry and going to bed. But we've never been away together since having uh, how old are those children? The eldest one is uh, will be 12 in May. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> Oh, this is long overdue. I'm so excited for you. Um, where, where are you going? Just Virginia Beach, where we usually go. He has um, mandatory drill down there. So that's how I get weekend getaways if I don't have to pay for them. That's that's how we do that. Mandatory drill sounds a little bit naughty. Um, it does. Um, is there going to be some romance? Let's hope. Did you did you pack an evening gown? Are you gonna go dancing at the Ritz or something? I I am packing all of my hoodies and my nice <laughs> leggings. So your <laughs> nice leggings. Well, well, well. He better watch out. Nine, right? His ladies on the prowl. Um, <laughs> well, I I hope I uh, will. Will the children be traumatized? I don't think so <laughs> the younger well, one's having a hard time with it because she's like it's bad enough when daddy goes you know like oh, oh. you know she's never been without one of us basically is she is is that like a real hard time or is she just fucking with you um oh that's within her personality realm but i think she actually is just having <laughs> yeah from what i've heard about yeah. her i thought maybe she was just just pushing buttons yeah, just for the possible. fun of it but yeah the older one's like whatever bye you know <laughs> well um i'm i'm gonna pretend like i make a note of this so i can ask for a a update um <laughs> next time we record about how the romantic long now how long a long extended how, how extended is the weekend gonna be uh, we leave tomorrow on Friday, and then we're coming home Tuesday night. So it's Ooh. like five days, yeah. Like we went all out, kind of. 
So this is almost a second. I'm I'm calling this a second honeymoon. Yeah. Well, technically, I guess it's kind of like our third. Our first one was left some to be desired. Our second one we consider I had to fly to Florida to drive his car back home. So I got <laughs> to spend some some days down there with him for that. So that was fun. Uh, so, you know, whatever. That sounds uh, very romantic. And and hey, this this question I have to ask you might might spark some romance for this extended weekend. Um, I talked to Sam about this uh, uh, um, recently. The the dogs have really been enjoying rolling in dead stuff at the beach, like uh, like a fresh dead fish. They'll like sniff it. Oh, um, but then after it's been dead for like eh, it's a week to ten days when they get good and rancid, they 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 really they 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 come up and they're just joyfully throwing themselves down and rolling around and sliding down the beach yeah. and. And, uh, and then they just, they just stink, but, but they love it so much. They, they, I, I have a hard time stopping it. It's, it's like stopping kids when they're in the middle of play. I have a hard time, um, interrupting that, that joyousness. And so, so Sam and I talked about this a little bit and I want to get your take. What is there in the world that, that is so, that would inspire you to roll in it? Listers, Carolus thinking. She has her thinking face on. I have my thinking face on. I'm like, I think my brain is trying to wrap itself around the question. I'm like, wait, are we talking about? <laughs> Why would you? Like, what would incentivize me to roll in a dead fish, or what would no, I be willing to roll? What in? would what would you you like? This thing has inspired me to roll in it. Oh, I mean, no. th th their favorite. There, there's the there's this fish. Okay. It was if yeah, four or five foot long washed up on the beach and and after it had decomposed for like uh seven ten days then it got it got a lot of rolling and then it then it got covered by the uh by the sand when the tide came in and they had to dig to get it out so it, it, that that but but they love it so much they have to roll in it what is there that you love so much you would want to roll in it money <laughs> 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 do a do a scrooge mcduck yeah like that's what actually came i'm like i could probably jump through some money but other than that even that's gross oh yeah you don't know where that been i i i threw out i think mine was guy. uh mine was uh was fruity pebbles um i think that would be good um and, and we know from we know from my barbecue spa that i i, I mean coles coleslaw would be good oh so sticky i don't think it's sticky yeah you know uh, the, the many sensory issues of Carol here. I also don't like sticky things. <laughs> don't, uh, don't want to roll in anything but but gold coins, huh? Pretty much, yeah. That'll do. <laughs> that I'm down for. All right, so we got another voicemail from from uh, from Clevette. Um, it's a it's a two parter. Yay, Clevette! Because Clevette hit the time limit. Hey, listeners, if you call 228-363-6737, you can talk about anything you want, but mm -hmm. there is a five-minute limit on the length of the message. So we didn't put you it might there. Wanna... No, yeah, we didn't put it there. That's just the thing that uh, that Zoom put there. Yeah, um, just to be so clear. You you just gotta you want to set a timer if you're if you're thinking you're gonna have a long message. Um we're going to we're going to get into this. Let me go to my share here. Go there. We're getting so so good. So I actually called uh, earlier uh, today. So good at sharing. Uh, uh, I was going to uh, say uh, you want me to start yelling over it. Ah! Uh, uh, stop. Stop. 
Zoom. Uh, I got I got to find a different playlist. My playlist starts playing automatically sometimes, and it just kind of annoys me. So Is there uh, a toggle somewhere. Um, not that I've been able to find yet. Hey Jeff. Uh, so I actually called earlier today, and I got your message about um, you asking how to um, or wanting to know more about how I survive in that setting. Uh, we got to pause. I don't know where I uh, in the 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 last uh, call from Clevet. She mentioned where she was, and I remember that. I'm not going to mention it again just for her her privacy because I don't want people stalking her. But um, I don't know where that community is in the California. But <clears throat> Clevet, in a little bit of your of your of your voice, you got almost a a a a 1980s Valley Girl just little little hint in your voice. Um, I don't think you are a former Valley girl, uh, but maybe, and maybe that's just a California thing, but, uh, that, that kind of value, you're, you're too young for that, huh, Carol? Not, not no, Valley girl talk mean. from, okay. Well, so. I'm, I'm laughing because there's like California Valley girl. And then, mm -hmm. um, where I, the part of Pennsylvania I am from is referred to as the Valley. So, but it's a whole different jargon for our Valley. That's, yours yeah. would be more of a Jersey Valley girl, wouldn't it? I don't know what it would be considered. We use words like henna and, uh, and I don't mean the ink, uh, henna or no, uh, it's an interesting spot where I'm at different, but. Oh, um, okay. That's just, I, that maybe I'm the only one that knows that her voice, but you can hear it. It's kind of, some words are kind of stretched out and it sounds kind of Valley girly. And it reminded me of the, of the, of the eighties when I was, when I was young, um, <clears throat> that probably is meaningless. I should have probably left that out of the episode, but here we go. And it was really hard because I was like, well, shit, I don't know. How do I survive? Um, and I might, it might sound a little scripted because I ended up writing something out to kind of guide me on how to better answer your question. Hey, listeners. Clevet is a professional podcast caller. She uh, she jotted down some notes before she called. This is good advice for all of you that want to call in the future. If yeah. you're feeling a little bit nervous about it, jot some no down some notes. Make some bullet bullet points. Um, look, I've got a screen full of bullet points here, so I remember yeah. what to talk about. It doesn't sound like it when you listen to the show, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> It's like I have notes but, too. You wouldn't yeah, think it. But. Yeah, you wouldn't think it, but there's totally notes. So if you're going to call 228-363-6737 and leave a message, by all means, get your head together, make some notes before you call. Um, You know, some people like Debbie calling with the poop suckers. Debbie probably was just totally off script there because uh, uh, she's, 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 well, she's uh, Debbie. She's, yeah, well, she's Debbie. I mean, but uh, but some of us need need that uh, need that uh, that tool there. So that's a that's a great idea, Clevet. Going to rewind a little bit back to the guide message. me on how to better answer your question. Um, but basically, this is my second school year at the school, um, and when people ask me about work, I feel like the only word that I can really describe it well is like a very elitist like culture or environment. Um, the families that we provide services for are very, like, quote, successful professionals, unquote. Um, and, you know, they use that, the school uses that as a selling point, too, to where, like, oh, you know, the top positions in this area, you know, choose the school for their children or that sort of thing. So I feel like the stakes 
and the pressure is so high, um, not just for the educators, but for the children as well. And there's just so much that is being asked of us, like work-wise, like emails and uh, weekly meetings and like weekly newsletters about our week and what we're learning and what we're going to learn next week and what, you know, the upcoming dates and just, it's, um, it's a lot. Um, Let's pause there. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't, you know, you get into early learning and you think I'm going to work with children. <clears throat> and then you find yourself working with, with Instagram and mm -hmm. working with clipboards and working mm -hmm. with computers and doing paperwork and doing bulletin boards and doing newsletters. And Sam mentioned the other day um, in her classroom, she brought in her own own like area rug for the floor because she didn't like the the bright number ABC ones they had and that's the school had. She brought in one of her own that kind of kind of fit the classroom room she wanted, but the school won't. Um, won't clean that with the when they're doing the like the carpet cleaning because it's hers oh, and they God. don't want to damage it and so she on, right. on spring bake she's going to spend half a day going and renting a carpet cleaner and cl going to her classroom and and cleaning the uh cleaning the rug because uh because that's what what, what caregivers do they go on their day off and and you think it's going to be with kids but it, it comes up with all of this other stuff and it turns into this this real energy and attention and time suck yeah. that that takes people away from their their own lives and you you end up being the time you do spend with kids your 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 attention is often focused on the paperwork you got to get done or the meeting you have to get to and all that kind of stuff so you end up being less focused and less tuned in and a lesser version of yourself when you're actually with the kids doing the thing you want to do um yeah that was a little bit of a rant i'm sorry that's fine i've got another one just to back up against your rant because i think she also brings up a very good point when she's talking about like um the type of school she's in and um the clientele for la lack of a better word at the moment um how it is like oh all these successful families and in other words she's somewhere with people with money mm -hmm. i mean like that's you know an upper status like that and i think and we don't wrongly focus on um, disadvantaged kids and what can we do for them and how can we lift them up? And I'm not, I'm not at all saying that we shouldn't be doing that um, because we should. And that's like a big thing with me. But I think a lot of times um, these like basic quote unquote, like rich kids, we're not looking as much as what are we doing to them too? Like all kids sure. kind of need the same thing, but it's this thing like, oh, well, look how all of these doctors are, they're bringing their kids here. So this is, you know, and it becomes that thing. And she's right. Like that is that pressure is being put on these little kids, you know, and it, and it follows them. Like, I know the same around here. I'm, I'm laughing because one of my very dearest friends is currently working in a school just like this, mm -hmm. where it's, you know, it's where the well-to-do and the successful send their kids. And you know, it's kind of a nightmare for her in the class because what they're expecting these kids to do is just ridiculous. Yeah. And I was reading an article yesterday that, um, Carol, did you know the IQ in the U.S. is the average IQ has been trending downward? I can believe it. 
I mean, <laughs> the, the average IQ apparently in the U.S. is trending downward and people looking at this are, are kind of pointing at our education system and some of the stuff that we touch on in this, this podcast, the high pressure, high stakes testing, mm -hmm. the, the, um, the, the Uber control of, uh, of curriculum, the centralization of, of education, all those kind of things as contributors, because what we end up with is, is stressed, anxious, um, children. I mean, yeah. when you're, when you're on anxiety medication in fourth grade, because you're, you're scared to raise your hand and give the wrong answer in school, um, on one side, yeah. but then on the flip side, we, we, there's a, there's a experience and knowledge gain in, in teaching staff because, well, there's been more money pumped into education over the over the last couple of decades. Most of it has gone to creating more administration, yes. not more classroom teachers. And so the, the actual classroom teachers like Clevette are, are drowning in in oceans of bullshit. And they've mm -hmm. got they've got no opportunity to get a get a delightful poop sucker from uh, from caller Debbie. <laughs> um, they, they just they just swirl around in it. And, and it can be a real struggle. And and last time we talked about a, a call from Clevet, we talked about she she mentioned the the isolation of being somebody that's that that thinks differently than than that system, and that I mean that's 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 the ideal conditions for burning people out and driving them out of the profession, and and it happens all of the time. There are. There are states that um, in the last uh, five years have revised their their their, for example, family child care regulations where where experienced providers have said, oh, too much bullshit here. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. And, yeah. and so we lose experienced, capable people with with uh, with with all this pressure and all this all this um, this this hyper. What 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 is it? It's not. It's not really even academics. It's just over-structured bullshit. Is that that's not a technical it's term? This I don't think obsession with the idea of success. Ah, um, but I think you know, and the powers that be, they know what success looks like for them, and success for them looks like having control over basically everybody. Yeah, you know, and having all the spoils, but they're not thinking about what does success look like for you know everybody else, like non evil people. <laughs> like, what does success yeah, look yeah, like? Yeah, I to mean, them? there's 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 still a bias towards college, for example, mm -hmm. and um, you know, kid, young people are not considered successful if they don't go to college, um, and yet there there are people out there who are doing things like um becoming plumbers and welders and uh, manufacturers um uh, fabricators those kind of things that that all those all those um college educated people couldn't couldn't get i mean look if 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 you've got uh, a couple doctorates and you you don't know how to how to how to get the the clog out of your kitchen sink or or toilet, um, you you, yeah. you need somebody who who is probably pretty successful in what they're doing. I I've talked about this on the podcast before. I went to I went to school with a, a dude who, who who hated school, and he graduated and he went to the went in the navy for a while and and he learned how to weld there. And then he he spent um, a bunch of years traveling all over the world as a as a welder welding kilns. I mean everywhere. 
and then that kind of beat him up. And then he, he went back and, and started working for his brother who, who started a company because he hated school too. started his own plumbing company and very, very successful dudes owns a house, owns a, owns a vacation house, um, owns a bunch of vintage pinball machines. I mean, he's <laughs> living the life, but, but in, like in, in the outlook of, 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 of a lot of people, he'd be considered a failure because he didn't go get a four-year college degree. And so, so right. that, uh, that credentialism, I guess, is part of the problem yeah. as well. Um, because you can, you can be educated without, without letters school. behind your name, I think. Yeah. You can be educated um, without school like that. And I think like even for us at homeschooling and since we are unschoolers, I think this is what people struggle with with me for the big part because I haven't predetermined what success looks like for my kids and they don't yeah. like that. I'm like, well, it's up to my kids really. Like obviously I'm not going to make them decide now they're young, but I am giving them the space and support to decide what success is going to look like and feel like to them. You know, yeah. like I'm not preoccupied with that, but people get very, like, well, what do you, what if they don't get into college? Like, well, if they decide that's part of their success trajectory, then I will make sure that they, you know, support them in doing what they need to get done. But success is not, does not look like a degree and all these checks and boxes. I know a lot of people who checked all those boxes perfectly, just the way they were told to, and they are very unhappy now and they can't sure. figure out why. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We need to turn that pressure on children and on the people that work with children. Back to Clevet. We're learning on what we're going to learn next week and what, you know, the upcoming days. And just, it's, um, it's a lot um, for me. And I don't know if I'm like, am I the only one who's drowning here? Because everyone seems totally fine. You know, we have the daily, like, 30-minute. Um. First, I'm I'm loving me some Clavette, um, mm -hmm. on on the uh, on the all time great listeners list already. Um, I love the I love the imagery of drowning that she she just used because I think um, that that might actually be the name of this episode uh, because I think that's that's what a lot of a lot of caregivers feel, um, and that's what a lot of parents feel. And that's what a lot of kids feel. And if we have a system where everybody in that system feels like they're gasping for air mm -hmm. um, and hearkening back to Clevette's last call, um, feeling lonely, lonely and isolated. And I think that can be said for a lot of parents and a lot of kids yeah. as well as caregivers. Um, what the fuck are we doing if that's yeah. the system we built? Um, and, and so people like Clevette who want to, want to rebel against that, uh, we, we need to figure out better ways of, of, of operating, but, but also how, how to better support that. And listeners, if you've got ideas about how to, how to do that, I'd love to hear about them because I, I feel that's kind of, kind of partly what the, the, the job I've taken on. Um, that's two, two, eight, three, six, three, six, seven, three, seven. You push the button in your show notes, boom, you're there. Um, but, but look, this is something I'd like to have more conversation about because I think this is, this is a really important thing. And if it, and, and we talked about it a couple episodes ago, if, if I need to, if it would help to build some sort of, um, connectivity socially yeah. platform, um, on one of my websites, I'd be able to do that, but I, being able to, to connect people to talk about these things, um, instead of just listening to them in these, these episodes might be, might be a step in the right direction. I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I think so. And I was just having this conversation with somebody that it might have been my sister. That would be weird. But it, it just the, the idea of because we're talking about like, well, why is it done this way? But this is the way. Why do we keep doing it this way? And I was like, I don't know if it was done on accident or on purpose or what it is. I said, but it doesn't work. But somehow we have each as individuals been um, convinced that it was we were the problem. Mm -hmm. Like there was some shortcoming with us that it didn't work, even though all of us have these collective experiences that it didn't work. We felt overwhelmed. We we don't feel capable of adulting now as adults like we're watching kids struggle. And yet it it just keeps going on the way it's always gone on. Like it's almost like mass psychosis or something at this point. Like how how did we all get convinced that we were the problem? Yeah, yeah, and I've I've always had a healthy distrust distrust of the system, but I I, I think um the I inherited mine later in life, but yeah yes. the 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 joys of uh, COVID kind of brought home to me and clarified that that there are a lot of quote unquote experts out there, um and quote unquote leaders out there who either don't know the fuck what they're doing or are acting with maliciousness in their endeavors. And so I I, I have no trust or faith in any of those systems anymore. And that to me is, is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, because I I I, I liked it, it all, and maybe a little bit terrifying because I like to be able to think that we we lived in something where the the people who knew what they were doing knew what they were doing, but but apparently they they don't, and yeah. and and that means you got to look out for yourself. One of the one of the great things that's going to come out of the the disaster that was the COVID lockdowns is more homeschooling and unschooling and um and uh, and and different education options for families because people are 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 just they've decided to escape that system so that's a step in the right direction but um for people in this profession if they're if if you're listening and you have ideas or thoughts or concerns about how we can be more supportive of people I'd like to I'd like to hear more from you should we go on yes please prep in the morning and on the busy days where I have a lot of things that I'm supposed to print out to post in the classroom and like lesson plans and, um, you know, notes that they send home to the families every week, like all of these things I'm supposed to print out and post weekly. Like on those days, I feel like 30 minutes is just not enough. But on other days where I don't really have to do that, to me, it seems like it's barely enough for me to tidy up anything that I need to or to, um, you know, get some sort of play invitation going or, you know, to kind of figure out what book I want to read for group time and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know, you know, if that's something that I'm lacking on me, like on my end, like managing my time. Um, And also, I'm only a part-time employee but I have a full-time employee workload. (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. I, I, 
I I think I mean both those the the workload is and then the the full time employees probably feel like they have a, a job and a half when it comes to workload. Um, and then if you're doing something like family child care, you you might feel like you've got you've got three full time yeah. jobs. Um, and 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 this is also a struggle. Um, the the planning time, the time to just get organized. So you can be tuned in and focused and 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 have an environment created for the kids that um that is something that you're 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 hoping they will be successful with. I mean, I mean, that takes time and effort. And most people working in the field don't don't have that that time. Did did you ever feel like you had enough planning and organization and prep time? Oh no. And it, when you would bring that up to, to at least where I was, you know, you got like, oh, well, we give you every month, all the teachers get an hour of planning so we could plan together and all be on the same page, make the same stupid shit that no one, oh, anyway. But, you know, they're like, oh, but yeah. And then you get paid for like the half hour before your class starts. It's like, why in God's name do you think that I can do everything I do here in that half hour? Not to mention the fact that they will take kids in early and be like, oh, well, they're just going <laughs> to hang out in here. And then you get the kids early anyway. And it's like, what? And let's not even, can we even talk about how stupid lesson planning is in the first place? Like if they're wanting you to have completely thought out lesson plans two weeks in advance, like, yes, because four-year-olds, I know what's going to be happening in two weeks. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, then the, the, the programs that, uh, that if you're, if you're in the nap room, then that's your planning time. Um, you yeah. because the kids are sleeping, you can, you can do your planning then. But and if then a kid wakes up, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or if you're, if you're someplace where you have to do the, the craptivities, the, the product focused art you you end up spending half your day cutting out hearts or shamrocks or or circles or whatever it is for for crappy art projects and those kind of things and it and it goes on and on uh clevette you're totally not alone and it's totally not just no. you this is something that i think uh across the field people struggle with if we would if we do uh would do more in in my um uh, let them playbook. We write about uh, unplanning, where you're, where instead of lesson planning, you're doing this unplanning, where you're, where you're more focused about creating the environment, um, and those kind of things, which is different than lesson planning. But it, it's still, it's still work, and you need, yeah. you need time to do that. And if you don't have it, it, it just, it just puts you in more of a pressure cooker. Back to the call, which is, I don't know, fucking bonkers to me. Um, Maybe fucking bonkers will be the episode name. Um, <laughs> I'm like, that's an also excellent t-shirt idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anybody need a fucking bonkers uh, childcare bar and grill t-shirt? Um, let me know. And I don't know what the families are sold when they're touring the school, because a lot of them come in expecting their four-year-old children to like read and write and all sort of things before they go to kindergarten and a lot of them are barely you know strengthening their skills to be able to hold writing tools or some of them don't know how to use scissors or cut and i kind of have to burst their bubble in the beginning of the school year and say hey that's probably not gonna happen it might who knows but this is where we're kind of focusing our time and energy on um, 
and a lot of them are not really happy about that. Um, and I don't know, just the environment, uh, this is a direct quote from our director, is the environment should be tidy and clean without clutter and disorder because the families pay top dollar and the school should look it. Yeah, go ahead and break that down. Cause I... okay, okay, we will. Okay. Um, that, that, that's fucking bonkers. Um... It is absolutely fucking bonkers. I would hear the same thing, though. That was like other teachers, their biggest complaint about me is they would come into my room, like not even like after school hours. No, like in the middle of the day, be like, oh, it's messy in here. I was like, well, I'm not running a prison in my room. So that's what happens. Hey, hey, listeners, if somebody walks into your room and says, oh, it's it's messy in here. Um, the, the, the correct, the proper response is why, thank you. Learning is happening. Um, and then you, oh, I thought and it was going to you... be fucking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Learning is happening. And you drop the mic and go back to, uh, whatever you were, you were doing, uh, fuck those people. Um, you, you know, yeah. Offer them a poop sucker <laughs> and then, and then move on. Um, you know, um, preschoolers, toddlers, school agers aren't known for their, their neatness and cleanliness and learning involves active hands-on full contact engagement with the world. And if that active full contact engagement in the world is happening with humans that haven't mastered the control of their own bodies, messes are going to be made. There are going to be globs of glue. There are going to, there's going to be dripped paint. There's going to be Play-Doh on the floor. It's going to happen. That's part of the process. The way kids learn how to control their bodies so they can eventually pick up after themselves is to spend a lot of time in those early years being messy and cluttered and, and moving things around and, and, and things looking like chaos. It's just the, it's the way of the world. Um, Oh, oh, yeah. Clevette, we need to get your director on the show. Yeah, um, probably. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing Clevette's director isn't a listener. Um, probably not. No. Anything? Any thoughts? I, so one time, I like I had another teacher come in, and she just looked at the carpet. She's like, "Oh, we're busy in here." The kids had used like the blocks and everything. They were like making like their whole like town. They were like building jumps and like. There was all kinds of awesome stuff happening on the carpet, but she was like, oh, my cat, my kids are actually allowed to play with the things in the room. Deal with it. Get out of my room. Yeah, th this idea that the classroom needs to constantly look like the fucking early learning catalog pictures is is insane. And um, the, the people who who think that's what an early learning environment should look like should get the fuck out of early learning. Yes. Um, I, I, I hereby... I hereby, um, I, I don't have that power, do I? I wish you I, did, though, because I agree. People are like, well, if you could it. just show them. I'm like, some of them don't want to know. Some of them are the same people who are the powers that be making these choices. It's like, well, they, you know, they don't realize. I'm like, but they don't want to find out either. They're just very comfortable doing things the way they like them done. Go find someone. Go be a car detailer or some shit. We don't <laughs> need you here. Like, get out. Just go. Like, I don't want to convince you anymore. Just leave. Yes. It might have been black So sorry for the rant. <laughs> Back to Clevet. I was about, I don't know. It took me about two days to get over that. And just I was just really pissed off just hearing that. Or, I mean, reading that. Um, I don't know. So long story longer, I think I described 
it as having a secret life because in my classroom, I have an assistant teacher who is absolutely amazing. We're on the same page, and I've learned so much from her from only working with her for a few months. And, um, you know, we try our best to have, like, child-led, choice-based play. Um, and when we go outside of our classroom and we do things as, as a whole school, like, I do get a lot of side eyes from other teachers. Um, I love the idea of, of, of Clevette and her, her coworker, um, living the secret life where they're trying to sneak actual play into the, into the lives of children. They're, they're walking. I, I, I imagine there's a, there's a fedora and trench coat involved. Um, the classroom's like a speakeasy. You have to knock on the door and the little door opens. You have to know the password. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, you knock on you know there's a there's a loft in the corner and you knock on the door in the loft and it opens up into this actual real playroom. There's the there's the there's the picture perfect uh, catalog classroom, but then then there's that that speakeasy playroom behind it. That that sounds like a great yeah. They, it they, reminds me of it. Matilda, you know, yeah. like, like... <laughs> they've, they've come in they've come in on their weekends and they've just kind of dug this tunnel that leads to this little cavernous play area where kids yeah. can actually play below the classroom. Um where I gotta I gotta switch here to that's where that that's call. where the call gets cut off because listeners, there is a a five minute limit on messages because that's just the way the system is. Um, let's finish up this call. Well, I'm laughing now because it cut me off. Um, anyway, yes, I get a lot of side eyes and uh, because the children in my classroom don't sit down on their bottom in a little carpet square or because we don't line up or I don't have a line leader or we don't have a straight line or, you know, all that crap. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I hope this was a little helpful um, because I feel like I can go on and on with things that I dislike and wish that would change at my work. Hey, Clevette, it's been very helpful. And as far as going on and on about things that should change, um, we're coming up on a thousand episodes of this podcast where that's pretty much, I mean, you've listened to a lot of them. Uh, you, you you know, that's what we do. So, um, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you're, you're absolutely not alone in feeling that way. And, and there's that, I mean, there's, hopefully a growing community of people. But then I, then I feel all the people that, that feel that way, just go on and work other places because they, they get frustrated yeah. and and burnt out and, and then just decide I can't take this anymore and, and leave. And that, that brain drain, that experience drain is, is dentro, detrimental to kids and communities because um, they're left with the people that want the craptivities and the worksheets and the, the tidy looking classrooms. And I, you know, there's no wrong, nothing wrong with having the classroom look tidy at the, at the beginning of the day, but right, right. expecting it to be that way all day long is a little bit um, ridiculous. Yeah. Fucking bonkers fucking bonkers but <laughs> but I'm also trying to be really positive because um I'm only one person and I know now that maybe the approach that I've been having like I think a lot of people get defensive and they're not really willing to hear me out when they get defensive so I'm trying to approach things in a different way, and I'm also trying to just focus on what I can control, which is the environment 
in my classroom, me and how we approach things. Um, so that's what I'm doing, and I'm trying to be intentional, and I'm trying to be, um, you know, focus on the things that, you know, I can implement in my classroom or that I can allow in my classroom. And um, so that's, you know, we're in a whole different world or, like, time from the beginning of September to where we are now, and um, it's just, they've grown so much, the children, and I think I've grown so much, too, and I've learned so much, and this podcast has helped me so much, um, and yeah, I don't know. I think that's it, but, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years, and I feel like I've changed so much, and I want to keep growing and learning and just taking it one day at a time, I guess. Anyway, I'd love to chat more. Hope this helps. Um, bye. Hey, listeners, you, if, if you're not a Clevette, you should be a Clevette because uh, that, that, that is exactly the outlook I think we need in this profession. I'm, I, I feel like I'm drowning, uh, but I'm going to keep doing my thing and keep plugging away. And I'm going to try to have a positive attitude and uh, make it happen for the the little bit of the world I can impact. The more people like that that we have out there um, chipping away in this profession, the the better the better things are going to be, huh? Yeah, like and kudos to her because I mean I mean she's been in it for ten years. I wasn't in it that long, and I that like this exact thing burnt me out real quick <laughs> like oh, I was and, and it and it happens to lots of people and that's 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 a tragedy um and it and, was never the kids people like oh yeah well taking care of that many kids all day i'm like the kids were absolutely never the problem even the most challenging kid was not as stressful to me as like the twit next door like sure. it never and i mean for me and I don't know how other people feel about this. Like I had to switch my focus real quick from what the other teachers were doing or saying about me to getting the parents to understand why I was doing what I was doing. Because yeah. when it comes right down to it, the parents are the ones with the money. The parents are the ones that make the business go round. And the parents are there for the most part to do what's best for their kids. And if you show them the evidence behind what's best for their kids, you're more likely to get less pushback from teachers because then these parents are starting to look at other classrooms differently. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, why are you doing that? And that teacher might say, oh, because it's this, this, and this, but they've already, you've already talked to them about that and they know that's horseshit. So they're kind of no longer buying that narrative. So those teachers can either start learning or get out. You know, it sounds harsh, yeah. but that's just, what it is. I remember I had these things that you, you can get online. They were called why we play letters, which were very short, like one page things to explain to parents um, why I was doing some of the things that I did. I actually purchased those through another site. Um, and like I Lisa Murphy, the, the shit out of the orientation meeting, like I had my binder of research mm -hmm. and I, I never had a parent ask me to see it. I have had them ask questions about oh why was I approaching it that way and just the fact that I had something 
like if you're interested in seeing the research i have it right here they don't want to read it but the fact that you have it they're like oh okay well that's a thing then yeah they they don't want to read it they want to they they want to know they want to trust that you did yeah (laughs) did you read i read it and this is what it says and like that's kind of how i kept my head above water was at least i knew that my parents knew yeah so everybody else in that building could run their mouth and think whatever they thought but you know my the parents from the kids in my classroom knew what i was doing knew why i was doing it and then they could see it in their own kids they shifted their lenses Mm -hmm. they weren't so concerned about are they reading yet but they noticed how more creative they were or they can get along better or they were expressing themselves more clearly like the parents will shift the lens yeah. Yeah. And and so often parents think, well, learning to write, all you do is you pick up the pencil and you learn to make those little shapes. On, but what you, when you when you can explain to them that, well, first they have to have a strong core mm-hmm. so that they can actually sit down or stand still. Right. And then they have to have strong upper arms before they can finally have the muscle control of their little wrist. And all of that involves running around and flipping and rolling and spinning when they're two and three and four years old, so that when they finally have fucks to give about learning to write when they're a little bit older, they're they're able to do that. They they don't see they don't see how long that process is. And so when we can start shining a light on okay. and look, first they have to spend they got to spend a couple of years wiring their bodies and their brains together before all that fancy learning can start happening. Um, yeah. When you start when you start showing parents that um, and you get them in your corner, it does get a little bit easier, I think. Yeah, I think, and it's just easier, just that's what I try and tell other people too, like just focus on the parents because those people running their classrooms, they have a, a reason the way they do it. Like if you've had conversations with them and they just are like giving you side eyes or, you know, in my case, like people would be whispering about me as I came around the corner and I'm like, hey, you know, like, <laughs> what's up? You know, like, I don't care. You can, you can make a T-shirt about me. I don't care because I know what I'm doing is right. So when, when I've walked get... around corners and, and, and heard people whispering about me, I, I always imagine that they're, they're thinking he's so handsome. Um, uh, but yeah. I know it's I know it's something completely different, like. What an asshole. Um, is, well, is I work with all really... women and they were yeah. all, you know, yeah. they all preferred men. So I don't think it had anything to do about. Yeah. I've heard them discussing other people's looks, which was charming. So. Yeah, sure. I I, I, I didn't think the ladies did that, but okay, I'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean, they, well, they, your your people talk about each other and appear. I mean, huh? that happens. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, we had, um, <laughs> you know. Especially if a younger, very pretty teacher who's built very nice joins the team. Um, it's Ooh. almost like uh, that movie Mean Girls was on to something, huh? Imagine. <laughs> I actually refer to this group often as the Mean Girls. Hey, you know who's not a mean girl? Clevette. Um, is thank not. you. Thank you for the <laughs> thank you for the awesome calls. Thank you for the hard work you're doing, and all you other clevettes yes. out there that are that are putting up with the the bullshit and the struggle and the feelings of drowning and the isolation. Um, thank you for that hard work too. We really appreciate appreciate you here at the Child Care Bar and Grill. And uh, you know, come in. I'll buy you a shot. Give you a donut um, <laughs> next time you're in the area. If you're if you're looking for more community, um, I mentioned it a couple episodes ago. Um, if there's a 
way I can start building some of that, reach out to me. And if we can find a handful of people that are interested in something like that, we can, we can see what we can, we can start building. Cause I, if that, if that would be helpful, maybe, maybe it's something we could do. This has been the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Toodles. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.